Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Alrighty, well, hey, this is the WCHL Podcast. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry. Um, Lucky for you, the listener out there, we do not have Andrew on the uh, podcast today, but we have a a great replacement, a great uh, substitute. We're very uh, pleased and proud and honored to have on, on this edition of the WCHL Podcast, the General Manager for the Missouri State Ice Bears, he wears a lot of hats for uh, up there in Springfield, but it is Ryan Armstrong. Ryan Armstrong, say hello to all the masses out there. Hello, hello, and Chris, thanks for having me on. And Andrew, when you're if you're listening out there, I'm not trying to replace you, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I love I love listening to you guys and and the insight you guys share on the ACHA and and uh, happy happy to be here with you today. Well, hey, you don't need to butter my biscuit, uh, So, but I appreciate it. I'm sorry that you listen. Uh, we appreciate that you listen, but, boy, I'm sorry you, that you subject yourself to that at least, you know, once or more a week. So, uh, boy, you must be a sucker for pain, huh? Yeah, I think I'm listener number 12. I think that's my order. Listener so. number 12. <laughs> I love it. We, we need to send out certificates or something. <laughs> Hey, uh, it was. It, we're, we're recording this a little bit after uh, St. Patrick's Day. How did you celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day with a little uh, green beer or some? Uh, uh, did you go for some uh, uh, corned beef and cabbage or green eggs and ham or something? I had some Scottish eggs and some uh, Reuben rolls and a little bit of green beer going for the Irish side. But um, uh, no, it was just pretty much watching a disappointing Blues hockey game last night and a couple pops. So nothing too exciting. I know that you, um, in addition to being the general manager, you you travel across the the uh, the state of Missouri. You go up and down I forty four quite a bit. Um, if you ever if you, in Arkansas a lot too, actually, I spend more time in Arkansas than I do in Missouri. But I, I have an outside traveling sales job, and uh, Southwest Missouri and Northwest Arkansas is my territory. Okay, um, so it, it it keeps me in the car quite a bit. So if it's not if it's not some podcast, whether it's the WCHL or some of the other ones out there, it's music or phone calls. So I, I got a lot of windshield time, Chris. So I get to listen to all the all the news around the league. <laughs> well, what I was going to ask is, in all that windshield time up and down I forty four, have you ever stopped in Rolla on St. Patrick's Day? You know, actually, uh, my girlfriend is from a town real close to Rolla. And she has told me all about it, how they just go crazy. They paint the street green and everything's green. And it's not a one night or a two day celebration. It's a 10 day just marathon. Um, so I have not checked that one off the bucket list yet, but it'll, it'll happen sometime. For, for, for one, for whatever reason, I happened to be in Rolla on St. Patrick's Day a couple of years ago. And you are not kidding. I, Rolla, is, is it Missouri S&T? Is that the school that's there? Yeah, yeah. It changed a couple of years ago to Missouri Science and Technology. It's uh, the minors, and it's pretty much an engineering school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on the number. It's not a huge town, not a huge university, but uh, my actually one of my cousins 
um, goes there and studying engineering shocker, but no, it's a big engineering school. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've never been to the, to the St. Patty's day experience, but I've heard it's, it's something. Everything was green. All the girls, their hair was dyed green. They were wearing green. The road was green. Everything you could eat was green. It was insane. And I thought, holy smokes. It was like you stepped out into a Dr. Seuss, um, you know, the, the world of Dr. Seuss, cause everything was green. The, the seats you were sitting on were green. The, the, you know, the, the waitresses were serving with green dishes and it was like, man, these people have gone all out. So crazy stuff. Something about the green beer just doesn't, it's not appetizing to me. You know, I just, I, I'd rather have my beer look like a beer. So I'll do <laughs> one or two of them, but after that they get the, the, the green dye out and I say, no, just, just give me the regular one, please. Well, what do you what do you expect from a bunch of engineers, right? They don't know any better. Oh yeah. Gotta gotta deal common, with gotta deal yeah. with the hockey guys. They know how to drink. Common sense eludes them. <laughs> well, Ryan, in addition to being the general manager for the D one hockey team, Missouri State has another hockey program, the men's division three that they play in, and you also oversee um, that program, correct? Yes, that's correct. They play in the uh, Pacific region. Uh, in the MACA League, the M-A-C-H-A League. And uh, we've had our D3 team for, I think this is our 14th year for Division Three, wow. and our 20th year for division, or for a team. But we started out um, in 2000, 2001 with a Division Two team and then moved up to a different silver from, to gold from silver in Division Two, and then joined the Division One League uh, with our division two team probably six years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. I, from, from playing here to coaching with, uh, Bob Booker, um, and Jeremy law, uh, moved on to that, to, uh, taking over the general manager duties. Um, Stan Melton, founder of our organization, uh, passed, passed those on to a, a woman named Rhonda a couple years back. And, uh, Rhonda had to had to depart from the organization, and I took over from there. So I just kind of juggling whatever hat I, I need to wear at the time. So, yeah, well, I mean, you talked about your outside sales job. In addition to being the GM for the entire hockey program, two teams, you also I know you coach a youth team, or how many, do you coach more than one youth team? I uh, I actually was on the ice tonight with uh, one of our our D three team assistant coaches is the head coach of the varsity Springfield team. Uh, we only have one high school team in the area. It's a combination, a collection team, if you will. And uh, I was out there on the ice with them, helping them for practice. They've still got some open ice. And then I personally coach a 10 under squirt team uh, this year. And, and that's, that's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to deal with the college age people and, and all their, ups and downs but it's a whole nother thing to really get in on the grassroots level and find these these young girls and boys that are coming into the sport for the very first time and trying to create that passion for them so they can stay in it as long as they can it's it's extremely rewarding very nice and and in addition to all that if that's not enough you also you're you're a certified official you referee games you officiate games you're a linesman i am i'm a i'm also a level four uh, USA official and uh, ACHA certified, and and the other weekend I don't I don't obviously like to make a habit of this, but 
um, we utilize the St. Louis Refing uh, Officiating Organization for all of our officials down in Springfield. Um, and we we love our relationship with them. But the other weekend, they, they were running a little short because they had a Lennonwood um, women's game and a, I think a D2 tournament. So Lennonwood NCAA women's, a Lennonwood D2 showcase or tournament in St. Louis. Uh, we were playing against Maryville that weekend. So there's four more officials they were using. And then they also had the Missouri State High School Championships going on in the Centene as well. So it was, it was a busy week for the top 30, 40 officials in, in uh, St. Louis. So I actually had to jump on the lines for the D3 game where we played Texas Tech. And uh, it, it wasn't much of a game. I, I know that Texas Tech is uh, having some issues this year with the pandemic. And I don't know much about that league, but they were they were uh, not not up to par. So I think the total <laughs> total score that weekend was about twenty five to three. So you didn't have to do an awful lot of work. There weren't a lot of uh, weren't a lot of shenanigans you had to deal with as a linesman. You know, as as bad as it sounds, I had a lot more of explaining the new rules this year than anything. Um, players would come to me and. They were like, what do you mean? And we get to pick what side we go to. And what do you mean we can't hand pass in the zone? And yeah, it was you know, lots, lots of, lots of head scratchers out there. And at one point I actually asked the player, I go, how, just curious, how long have you actually been playing college hockey? Oh, I'm a junior. I go, oh boy. Oh boy. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's kind of interesting and sad all at once. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting, but no, I love officiating. It, it keeps me out on the ice and, and uh, it's a good way to, to keep that relationship with the Missouri Ice Hockey Officials Association that we've had for so long. Well, that's at least four hats that I can think of. Do you or do you do other things? I mean, do you like uh, deliver food, or do you like uh, sing in a band, or uh, I mean, there's got to there's got to there's only 24 hours in the day, and it sounds like these four uh, jobs only take up maybe 22, 23 of those 24 hours. What are you doing uh, I, for the other hour? I also do a little bit of the laundry. I was up at the rink earlier today, washing the washing the game jerseys, killing some time, and <laughs> I uh, helped out. Had did about six or seven loads of laundry, and you know, whenever there's something to be painted in the locker rooms over the summer, usually I'm there with the paintbrush, um, that just helping out with the anything that needs to be done around the rink. And then I'm a terrible golfer, so there's always that. <laughs> Jack of all trades, Ryan Armstrong. How about that? But Jeez. not putting. Not no. <laughs> well, tell tell me about. Uh, I mean, what for the you, you talked about painting. You talked about um, you know dealing with all the stuff in the off season as the general manager for a for two hockey programs. Um, what does what does that entail? Because I think when somebody thinks of a general manager position, especially in the ACHA, they think well. Okay, they buy the equipment, they schedule the games, and they collect the player dues. You know. But there's a lot more to it than just that. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I try to use the analogy when I talk with parents every once in a while. I'm, I'm really fortunate not to talk with them as much as I can because at this age and at this level, um, these these young men and young women are, are figuring a lot of things out on their own. They're figuring out time management, responsibility, um, how to prioritize things in their lives. And, and with that being hockey being an important one, they do figure things out eventually. 
Um, I try to tell people all the time. I, I don't like to just teach people how to, how to live and how to be around sports and how to be around each other or, or, or coaches or whatnot. But I love to give people situations in which to learn. And the more you offer that guidance and just kind of, if you see the, if you see the train coming off the track a little bit, you know, write it a little and then let them, let them live and let them experience different things. Um, this year is no different <laughs> with the pandemic. And, and I can go on and go on about how lucky and how fortunate we are to be able to be playing this year, but Holy moly. It's been absolutely just crazy. I mean, I think, uh, I was sitting in the airport getting ready to go out and visit my parents on the 24th of December. I think I made seven or eight schedule changes in the two hours I was sitting in the airport. Wow. Um, it's wow. just been, been crazy from a scheduling perspective, from a rink perspective. Um, we've got an amazing training service with mercy hospital and, doing everything we can to keep things as safe and responsible. If there's a, if there's a way for us to, to have this season go off without a hitch, um, if it, if it caused a little bit more work on our end, we're going to do it. And hopefully lessons like that and inspiration like that is something for these kids to learn off of and, and say, okay, well, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not worth doing. And that's one of the things that we try to, try to focus on especially for this year is hey no complaints no complaints at all we're able to play we're, we're doing things smart and um you know that kind of resonates with these kids well let, let's talk a little bit about about that because you're you're talking about december you're flying out to see your folks and you're at the airport making a bunch of scheduling changes what went into the decision uh from your perspective to um and from the Missouri State perspective to to not play uh either D1 or D3 in the fall but to try to make it but you know what what was what went into making the decision not to play in the fall and then I guess the follow-up would be what changed to the in the mindset to allow you to go ahead with both programs to play in the spring so obviously we didn't have an idea coming into the season when it was going to start if it was going to start how many teams were going to be able to participate um, or what our university or what our rink was going to say um, the the university was probably the biggest fear for me because being a you know club sport like like we all are in the ACHA the the uh, um, club sports um, directors and pre pre uh, presidents of the university can step in at any time and just snap their finger. Um, you know, with a school the size of ours at around 30,000, 28,000, it's, it's, it's tough. And we make sure that we stay far enough under the radar where we're not raising any eyebrows. And, and we've been following the rules to a T and dotting all of our eyes. And, and obviously with the first semester, with everybody, you know, us coaches have our conference calls and, and both leagues, division one and division three, getting a feeler for how many are going to have a lot of feedback or pushback from their universities. Um, with the pandemic, a little bit more aggressive at that time and around Thanksgiving, around the beginning of school, you, you talk about kids from all over the world going to these different universities. 
not knowing how easy it was for them to be able to get into campus if they were to leave their country or not be able to to enter the United States or not be able to go back home. There were a lot of questions that went into it. And definitely part of it was the unsure, um, the uncertainty of, of whether eligibility was going to be affected. Yep. Because if eligibility was affected, it was it was a, a, a really it was a questionable uh, call. But you know, now that the league came out and, and did say that eligibility would not be affected this year, in hindsight, we probably would have started to play in the fall as well. Um, just yep. to be able to get more of an experience, more, more games in. And uh, we've got a big team this year and we, we picked both teams, division one and division three, a little heavier just for that reason alone, knock on wood. Um, we've only had about two situations where a roommate or a roommate's girlfriend was positive And that person would have to quarantine for 14 days. Mm. Um, we only had about two of those situations come up, but those were, those were, you know, can, we had contingency plans for those as well. Um, happy that some of the league is still playing. Obviously it's a, it's a much different feel to the league this year, but um, definitely happy we're, we're part of it. The, when you talk about the eligibility issue, it, it, it probably didn't help that uh, the ACHA at the beginning of the fall semester said, yeah, if you play X number of games, then you've con- you'll have be considered to have used a full year. And then they uh, reversed course, and in December they said, okay, this whole year doesn't count. Yeah, that was a little bit of a sting. But, you know, I understand that the situation they were in, I understand that they were getting pushed by a lot of different universities, states, governing bodies, um, health departments to make the right decision. And, and there was no, there is no right decision, but basically I think that the league has done the best job that they can in the, in the, in where they're at with the, with the situation that they're in. There is no winning though. I mean, there's no uniform answer that's going to blanket every single state or every single team or every single university. Everybody is a little bit different. And I know that, Central Oklahoma and Arizona and our league in the WCHO were really making a hard push to be able to play. And, and I wish they could, I wish they could have. And I, I reached out and we, we had several conversations back and forth with coach Rivera and, and I, and it's it just, it was tough because what they were asking um, it almost opens a Pandora's box to how many different regulations do you need to fulfill to be able to play and where's the consistency in it? And where's the image for your players? Um, McHenry was in the same boat over in your B conference. They had certain regulations. And if you couldn't meet them, then you couldn't play them. And, and unfortunately, we had to, to bow out from them this year. Um, but it's just, it was a lot of juggling, to say the least. But, you know, I wear a lot of hats, so I'm used to juggling. I love it that you called it the B conference. That means that that means two things. That means that uh, number one, it's taking. That's probably that'll be end up being the nickname uh, for the conference as a whole because MCH kind of uh, it's, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but it's it, it's it's not the mouthful that CSCHL or GLCHL is. But I also just like the fact that we call it the B conference because that means that WCHL is the A conference, and it also means you're listening to the podcast. So. Oh, it absolutely is the A conference. Now I do have to give you know, recognition where it's due. I know that on the, uh, the show the other week or two weeks ago, maybe 
one of one of Andrew's gripes and groans was um, social media and people barking out. And if you say it, you got to have tough skin. You got to if you if you if you dish it, you got to take it. And, uh, you know, I, I look at Maryville and, uh, you know, John John Hogan has, has got a great crew over there. And one of his assistant coaches was a coach with me over in Missouri State for years. And, uh, no, they're, they're doing a great job over there at Maryville and especially with the Nationals push. But historically, <laughs> Maryville's kind of got our number. Yeah. And uh, I know that there's a couple people at Missouri State, including some of the staff, that wouldn't like to see them anymore on the schedule. <laughs> and I go, not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. We, we're going to get them on the schedule one way or another. And, uh, and I like that John – and their staff take their little jabs every once in a while um, on social media or put a little hype video together and show highlights and put records and, and scores up there. And I go, Hey, he's got to take our lumps on that one. If you want to change it, you can go out in there and you can play differently. That's all there is to it. Yep, Go out and win. Yeah. Win, win and brag. That's how it works. Yeah. Wow. What, what a deal. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, about the, Division one season and then about the division three season so far from the D one season, you started in, uh, in January. And as you said, the schedule has changed. It's not the Western collegiate hockey league schedule. You're the only team that's playing in the Western collegiate hockey league. So you're playing every team that you've played so far this year is essentially a non-conference game. Um, what was that? How, how did, well, I guess what went into, trying to put together that hodgepodge of a schedule there at the last minute you mentioned you were at the airport and you're you know scheduling games in two hours i mean uh that 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 flurry was did it all just come together you know in a, on a weekend or did you have to work at it or are you still working at it no it, it definitely took a little while and it's, it's just a conversation that i definitely had with uh jeremy and cliff or our coaches was you know who's available who do we want to try for and what do we need? For instance, we know some of the powerhouse players that we do want to play. We want to keep the Iowa States, the Lindenwoods. Um, we want to keep, you know, unfortunately, we had Liberty on the schedule this year. But due to weather conditions, the safety of the, the players on the bus came in front of it. And we had to cancel that trip to Liberty. Um, we like to keep as, as a competitive as a schedule as we can. That's one of the reasons we joined the WCHL is because of the competitiveness and because of the national champions that have come out of this league. And on a normal year, you look at the WCHL and with 10 teams in it, seven or eight are almost always ranked within the top 20. Yep. And that's one of the reasons we want to definitely continue to play these, these WCHL teams and, and make sure that they are competitive because it does nothing but help all of us out. I know that somebody spoke a, a little while back about, um, you know, if you just play within your league, the highest you can go is X. Well, I don't like, I don't like limitations or setting, putting limitations out there for these players to let them know or to have them feel that even if they win every game they play, it's still impossible to get to this goal or to get to this level. Um, so we, we try to reach out as much as we can and sometimes it doesn't work. I know Andrew's favorite team, Ohio, we, uh, we, we had some conversation this year with them. And unfortunately, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be because a return trip is not something that they, uh, they care to, to, to honor as an agreement. 
And I go, I'm sorry, that's just not the way we, we operate here. And, you know, when you start a relationship like that, you want it to be with a top team. Now, we also will branch out the other way. I know that in our Naples meetings a couple of years ago, there were some gripes and groans from some of the, uh, as you call it, the terrible East Con- out East conference or Pittsburgh <laughs> conference. Wait a Buffalo second. I, de- yeah. I deny everything. Okay. Well, <laughs> some of these guys make the, make a good claim that, you know, they can't get games with some of these top 10 or top 20 teams. So we do like to, uh, to reach out every once in a while and, and make sure that we are playing teams that are just not the normal every single year teams that we, we normally play. We try to branch out a little bit this year. Um, we've got East Texas Baptist coming in next weekend. That'll be our, uh, our uh, senior night and our final games at home this year before, before uh, nationals. So, you know, we, we try to, we try to, broaden the schedule and and give up give the guys a taste of everything but at the end of the day it's about making it as competitive as we can and putting ourselves in a good situation to be ranked high enough to compete at the national tournament you you brought up three things that, that i want to address i'm not surprised that ohio said sure you can come to us but we're too good to come to you um that's that's uh i'm not surprised at that at all that was also addressed down at naples because uh someone wanted to make sure that um with rankings they wanted to penalize teams that played the majority of their games at home and didn't go out on the road that was i think the university of rhode island tried to uh float that uh uh, premise and it ultimately failed because i mean heck if you can you know the the key to the key to uh getting guys to travel is don't go to them if they won't come to you don't go to them they'll eventually need you at some point that's 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 what that's what we came to the conclusion of is you know, we would love to go to Ohio. We would love to play there. We've heard it's a great atmosphere. They're a, uh, a top-ranked team, even though this year their record doesn't show it. Their rankings still do. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's something like that we would want to start. But if if right from the get-go you say it's not going to happen and this is a one-way street, well, that's that's not going to work. No. So that was that was one. The second thing is, yes, I freely admit, I don't think much of the. Uh, of those three conferences, uh, and, and it's not, I, I, I bag on them, um, but it's only because consistently throughout the rankings, and uh, maybe not this year, um, especially not this week, um, but those teams are consistently in the bottom one-third of the rankings, and they're just, you know, they're, they're just terrible. Um, so that's, yeah, the crappy Pittsburgh conference, terrible Buffalo, and the awful Philadelphia conferences. I... I'm sure there there there's some good folks in there, um, but uh, you know those teams for the most part are just they're they're really anchor weights uh, on the on the rankings, if you will. Um, now, to you know, you had said something um, you know down in Naples. You know these guys can't get on the road or they can't get these other teams to play. Of course they can. Um, they just have to go on the road. I mean they're so low on the totem pole that they've got to go to the big dogs to uh, to get them to to play so you know missouri state's not low on the totem pole yeah that's how you get those relationships started is you have to you have to get out there and you have to do that until you can establish yourself and if it's tough for you to get yourself established then it's going to be a rough couple of years for you and on you know on the travel budget i'm sure because are there those teams are there teams out there all over the place that are willing to play or willing to host absolutely um so i know that arkansas 
I think when they were Division One, maybe the last year before they switched over to Division Three, um, I think they took a, a four or five day East Coast road trip, yep. and you know they've got a budget that that allowed something like that. But it's awesome because it exposes their guys to more of more of the the league throughout the whole country instead of just the territory that they're used to. So I mean, I I love that ice that aspect and those ideas. Um, Sometimes you have to be a little realistic on your travel budget, and that's just unfortunately part of club hockey. And uh, you know, it's it's if you're not one of those lucky schools to be funded heavily by your university, um, like us, then you have to make every dollar go as far as it can because you know it's 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 a pretty penny to be able to play. And I'm happy to say that Missouri State's probably one of the lower payments to be able to play, but it's still, it's still a, a decent chunk of money for these kids. So we try to, we try to stretch every dollar as far as it can go. Sure. Sure. And, and you can't, uh, for, for Missouri state and for any other program, whether it was, you know, my Oklahoma teams or the, uh, uh you know, some of these Minot States, a great example, you got to dream big. You got to get on the road and go, you know, play some folks first before, and, and you've got to account for it before you, uh, and uh, will enjoy the success and reap the benefits of those trips. And that's what, that's why it frustrates me when I hear in uh, Florida at the meetings, you know, from these, from those uh, Philly and Pittsburgh and New York, well, we can't go. It costs too much. Well, you know, plan for it, plan ahead of time and raise money for it. It costs the same for us. I mean, heck it costs more because geography is definitely not our friend out here. Um, so if, you know, Buffalo wants to go to St. Louis to go play, or if they want to go to, um, you know, Arizona to go play or to go to Florida to go play, you know, plan for it and account for it and then go do it. But if you don't dream it, you, you never do it. It's not just going to land in your lap. And that's the, that's the thing that, you know, obviously with, you know, Stan Melton and, and Ben Alexander and, and Kurt Bussin and, you know, all those guys dreamed it from the start back in, what was it, 2002? 2000, 2001 was our yeah, first season. There you go. And, uh, you know, if they were just sitting around waiting for something to happen, it would never have happened. But they made it happen because they dreamed it. And now, exactly. look, you've got a you've got Spring, a Springfield. Springfield's a small town. I mean, we're two or three hundred thousand people. Um, and hockey is very unheard of still. It's a very niche, niche thing. Um, so it's not it's not a popular sport. And a lot of times I'll walk down the street sometimes and then just ask them, buddy, they'll see a jacket or a hockey jacket or Missouri State hockey this or something like that. Like, oh, do we have a hockey team? I'm like, yeah, 20 years right down the road. And, uh, you know, more and more with the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, that was an awesome, you know, help of of, um, recognition for hockey and people were getting into it a little bit more and Stan and I were part of a group about four, uh, four or five individuals that helped get the Stanley Cup down here last year um, for a little Springfield parade, and we had some alumni, and, and it was awesome. But you know, it's it's not a big hockey town, um, so being able to get that recognition is is crazy, and and you have to have a dream. You yeah. have to you have to think it. You know, there probably wouldn't have been an ice rink if there was no Stan Melton in Springfield. And he put this whole dream together. We've hosted a uh, North American League team um, and a WSHL team before. We've hosted a Division Three ACHA National Tournament, a 
U18 USA Hockey National Tournament. So we're on the map, but we're not necessarily a hot spot where you would consider a major team. So that's, you know, that's all thanks to, to Stan's goal and his vision of to bring this wonderful sport to the, to the Southwest Missouri or the Ozarks because people haven't seen it. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a real fun journey watching it grow down here. Not only the youth side of it and the men's league and the beer league, but from the, uh, the college perspective of where we were 10, 15 years ago to where we are today, it's just night and day, but it, it all starts with saying, Hey, this is what I want to do and go out and try it. There you go. And that, so that's my gritch with those three conferences. Cause they just got, got a bunch of guys who'd rather, uh, stay below the line and come up with excuses and reasons why they can't do it as opposed to get above the line and find ways to get stuff done. So, and my third thing, Ryan, is you talked, you mentioned you've got East Texas Baptist University coming in next week. Um, this is just me. I mean, you're, you're, you've got a rough school. I mean, this is just my perspective as the commissioner of the Western Collegiate Hockey League. I think you're in a world of hurt with a school if you've got a direction and a religious name in the, in, in the name of your uh, university. So, you know, if it's, uh, you know, South Montana Mormons University, or if it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Eastern North Florida Catholic University, you know, it's, you're in a world of hurt. It's not Missouri State. It's not, you know, Oklahoma. It's not Ohio. It's not Arizona. If you've got a religious denomination and a uh, direction in your name, I think you're, you're struggling there. So come up with a new yeah. name, East Texas Baptist. Um, I'm interested to see what they bring next weekend. And, you know, one of those, one of those kind of schools is, you know, our D3 team uh, is now starting a new relationship with a team that joined from division two, went down to division three when, um, when a, uh, uh, the Maka league grew over the summer and uh, several new teams from the Texas and the Colorado area joined. Now that, Maka League for D3 is probably the most powerful league and the biggest league in all of D3. Um, one of the things that went from Division Two to Division Three, so they could join the D3 League, this Maka League, is Dallas Baptist University. And man, they are—they're a class act. They're—they're they're a great organization. They're fairly new, but he, that uh, uh, James DePaulo—he's really got his head on straight, and he's got great vision for that organization. And uh, um, they've got a couple really neat players. And one of the things that, that we've played them three times now, we actually had an outdoor tournament in New Mexico up in the mountains a couple of, like two years ago um, at the division three level. And, and every game they asked the other team if they wouldn't mind praying with them. Now, you know, I'm a Catholic as well, but I don't think I've ever prayed on the ice after a hockey game, but that's something that they do. And we respect that. And uh, it's pretty neat. They get around center ice. They take their helmets off. And every other player is Missouri State, Dallas Baptist, Missouri State, Dallas Baptist, all the way around the center ice. And uh, one of their players gets up and, and says a prayer on thanking them, thanking everybody for being as safe as they could. And it's just kind of neat to, you know, it gets back again to the get yourself out of your comfortable bubble every once in a while and, and let these guys experience some adversity, something different, something new. And that's definitely something that I think they'll probably forget about the score of the game or the score of the weekend. 
but they'll remember doing that kind of stuff. And it was kind of neat, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what this weekend or next weekend is going to bring. Well, I'm, I'm not, not, not trying to anger God or uh, make fun of any religions. I'm just uh, giving ETBU a hard time for their name. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they bring. I'm sure you anger God enough when you drive over those potholes or oh. when someone comes in front of you on a four-way stop. You know, I'm telling you what, four-way stops just drive me absolutely crazy because you would think it's the easiest thing in the world to get. You know, you just wait your turn. Everybody goes at the same time. Um, you know, if you're in the same direction, you go at the same time. It's it's a, it's like, uh, you know, the zipper merge. But no, we've got all these idiots that want to merge where they want to uh not where you know not where you're supposed to so oh, just don't get me going there yeah but yeah i've angered god more than enough on that so <laughs> all right well let's let's talk about that the d3 season uh what's been the highlight so far maybe of the d3 season uh it's been a shortened season and uh who knows maybe the highlight is still yet to come but what's been the highlight from your perspective for the division three season well the highlight for me right now would probably be the uh the split or the uh split against Iowa State they were ranked pretty high um now they're actually ranked below us which is great they're they're ranked eighth and um I'm sorry they're ranked yes they're ranked eighth we we went from seven to eight last week and we split against Dort um but Dort was a great team I actually got to go on that trip last week into the beautiful Sioux Center Iowa um I think there was a subway and a gas station and a a, uh, Jimmy John's and that might have been about it (laughs) No, like no liquor store? No liquor stores, no nice fancy restaurants, no just lots of cows. Wow. Cow, it it was it was one of those towns that you were you were happy to to leave. So we had a good <laughs> week with them last weekend. But the Division Three National Tournament is a eight team tournament. Um, unlike the Division One, which is gonna be running a sixteen, I believe. Yep. The Division Three is running eight and they do a round rob and they don't do a single game elimination. So right now, Missouri State is right on the cusp of, of making it. Um, they've got a big weekend against Dallas Baptist coming up. They're ranked six. Um, so we'll we'll hopefully we can grab one of those games and help solidify ourselves into the national tournament. But uh, you know, just experiencing a couple new things this year uh um we've got a, a big freshman team for a division three team i want to say it's about 14 or 15 freshmen so all brand new to college hockey all needed to learn a bunch of the the rules and the differences between whether it's a triple a u18 or juniors um they needed to learn all those things and it's fun kind of going through those but you know it was it was tough to start the year off against arkansas those those pesky Razorbacks are uh, playing Division Three when they, when they duck sh- uh, jump ship from us in the WCHL a couple of years ago, and yeah. they're still they're still taking taking care of business there. They're ranked number three in the country, and I want to say they probably got four or five Division One players left from that year. So they're uh, they're they're a good team, but that was tough starting the year against them. They uh, they're well put together, and that ring sucks like that. There's there's sandbagging down there at Division Three still, huh? Yeah, they're down there, but yeah. no, I mean they're a well put together team, and and I and I like uh, Andrew over there, and he does a great job. It's just kind of wish that they would play on a regular sized rink. It's you know <laughs> it's not goodbye, it's the other way where they squeeze down the blue line. If you can picture the center ice circle, it pretty much touches each blue. Line. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Makes you wonder what they were thinking when they built that place down there, huh? 
Well, obviously they didn't know what hockey was and, and it was an afterthought of, Hey, you know, this building looks kind of big. I bet we could put a hockey rink in there and yeah. you know, it's kind of a hockey rink. I guess I'd rather have that than U of I, but yeah, well, isn't that, isn't that the truth? Yeah. I, I, I always enjoyed going there, but, uh, never, didn't never skated there, never played, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was enjoyed going there and I always wondered, you know, what in the heck were they thinking? When they jammed this uh, this tiny little rink into this into this building, they couldn't have just blown out part of the uh, part of the wall to make it you know regulation size. But eh, whatever, that's that would made that would have made too much sense. Why would they, why would they just do something that makes sense, Chris? Yeah, really. All right, so that was the uh, highlight for Division Three. What about for the Division One team? Um, and I guess the low light for you would have been going to Dort for the Division Three. So what would have been a highlight and a low light so far for uh, the Jeremy Law, Cliff Cook, and the Division One team? I'd say uh, as far as a low light, um, you know, we've been we've been struck with the injury bug a little lately, and uh, I know our guys have had last week and and this week to kind of recoup with spring break, and and we've got one more weekend left, but you know we've got probably four or five players out right now. And uh, a bunch of them didn't make the trip to Midland the other weekend. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the first game on Friday because we were playing at the same time and Dort, but I actually did get to watch the, uh, put the, the Saturday game up on, on this TV in the, on the TV and the bus for Saturday on the way home. <clears throat> it kind of looked like they may have, uh, mentally been on spring break for that weekend but at least we got two wins out of midland that's fine um but no i'd say i'd say our injury bug is kind of where we're at with the one we're just kind of waiting for three or four guys to get healthy enough to where they can play and and i'm sure that they'll be taking precautions before the national tournament um because that's something they obviously have been working for this year is to participate in that um as far as on ice Oh, let's see. Where are some, some good positives? You know, we had a, a terrible weekend against Lindenwood the, the, the weekend we traveled to St. Louis. Um, but then we really redeemed ourselves when Lindenwood traveled to Springfield. And I've, I've never been so anxious in my life uh, during, during a hockey game as I was in that that Friday game and just took the wind right out of our sail. I mean, it was, it was the craziest thing. You can't really tell it from the broadcast. Um, I was wearing another hat that night and running the clock actually. So <laughs> don't blame me. I couldn't have ran that extra 30 seconds off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on the, on the power play in overtime, four on three, um, they went to dump the puck out of our zone. Now on our boards, we've got that clear, uh, clear um, plexiglass or uh, you know film on the on the glass to protect the board ads on the average on the on the boards right this puck was shot up the boards not diagonally was shot up the boards to from Lindenwood to try to ice the puck or get it out of the zone it must have been flat against the boards it came out at a 90 degree angle of course right to a guy who was making a break in the middle our defenseman's over on the boards trying to keep the puck in it hits a Kate takes a crazy Kareem off the boards and it goes straight to the middle. And yeah, that was, that was a rough one, but I think that game was probably the best hockey I've ever seen a Missouri state team play. You know, it was discipline. It was fast. It was physical. Um, nobody was taking liberties. Nobody was 
cheating the game. They were playing it the right way. And um, I think we really made, made uh, Lindenwood, you know, kind of sit, sit, sit up in their chair a little bit and go, Oh, okay. So this is what we've got to deal with. And this is what we're working with today. And, and we were on them. So that was probably my highlight is how well that game was, even though it technically goes down as a tie. Um, you know, that, that overtime loss was, was really something. Yep. That was a heck of a game. It was impressive because you took an early lead and then they tied it up and you could have folded. And then uh, Missouri state, uh, took the lead again. And, uh, then, uh, yeah, brought them, what was it? 30, 27 seconds away from going to a shootout. Yeah. It was like 28, 27 or something like that. But yeah, it was just heartbreaking to see that, how it, that's how it ended. You know, it's kind of like, you never want to see a game end on a bad bounce and especially a game that meant so much to these players. And, and I can tell you the positive thing is, is, you know, there, there were some upset people after the game, but at the same time, they were like, heck yeah. Now we're going to see these guys in nationals. Like that's awesome that they know that they can do that against them. And it was, it was really, really positive to the guys and, and they played a great game. And I think it gave them the, the confidence to say, you know, we can play like this when we want to, we can not play it like we want to sometimes like against Maryville and Hogan's crew every once in a while. I just, I don't understand that, but um, you know, when, when this team puts their mind to it, they, they can, they can play a great game and it's just figuring out a way to, to be able to bring that for 60 minutes and pick and choose your times. Very nice, very nice. Well, what's to tell me a little bit about uh, what's in store? Are there future plans up there at Missouri State? To uh, you have two programs now. Are you looking to maybe add a program? Maybe add a men's D two, or are you looking at maybe add a women's program? I know in the past you'd rattled off that you'd hosted uh, D three nationals um, and some other you know the showcase events. I know for you've hosted. Um, I think it was two years ago, an ACHA women's showcase tournament there um, that just, it was there at the Jordan Valley Ice Park, but there's no Missouri State team. It was Arizona State and was it Lindenwood or Colorado? Lindenwood, uh, Belleville, uh, <clears throat> Colorado. Um, I mean, it was like six or eight teams from all over the place converged on, you know, Southwest Missouri. Oh, Utah was there the other year. I got a chance to meet them. Brand new, brand new program. Um, yeah, I guess if there was if there was a, a, a enough space, enough room at the rink that we have. I mean, we're kind of crammed for space as it is because, you know, it, to run a college operation, it takes up a lot of space and it takes a lot of time. And 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 we're kind of landlocked as we are at the rink. If if we were to expand another team, um, it would most likely be a women's team. And it would probably have to be a little bit of uh, groundbreaking and we'd have to, you know, knock some walls down and build a, build a new locker room or build a handful of new rooms and uh, really, really kind of solidify ourselves and bury ourselves in the rink and just say, okay, this is permanent home because um, there's just not enough space, but no, that, that, uh, that women's showcase actually is, it's it's helped out by Missouri State, but it's actually technically hosted by Arizona State. Um, so the head coach Lindsay Ellis of Arizona State Women's, and she is uh, the younger sister of Division Three assistant coach at Missouri State, Tyler Ellis. Mm. Um, Tyler actually played in Springfield, and 
they said uh, kind of the same thing we do with our Division Three men's team is they say, let's let's pick a spot centrally located in the country that's easy for everyone to access, east, west, north, south. Everybody can fly in. Everybody can drive in. I mean, it, don't, 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 don't forget that drive from Arizona State to Springfield is still 24 hours. Or, <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, UNLV is 24. That wow. drive from Arizona State from Scottsdale to Springfield is still 19 hours. Um, so they're looking for a chance to kind of, you know, expose themselves to more people across the country they don't normally get to see. And uh, we obviously – We'll schedule games and they'll, they'll pick a weekend that we don't have any games scheduled and, and we'll volunteer, you know, I volunteer my time and, and uh, if need be officiate, but I'll volunteer my time and help out with whatever aspect of the weekend needs to, needs to, uh, to go forward. But no, it's an awesome experience. And, you know, it's, it's, it's more, it's more rewarding to see how these girls are treated and, and, and when they come in and we have fans here to watch them because our fans in Springfield have never seen women's college hockey before. So it's a new aspect for them. It's a new thing for them. And to hear all these cheers and, you know, maybe there's a, an alumni out there of one of these women's teams, you know, Linwood Belleville, there's some alumni in the stands, you know, they bring a sign or they wear an old jersey or something like that or an old school's color. You know, these girls don't get to experience that quite often. I know that a lot of a lot of the girls' universities that I that I hear about, you know, they're playing after the men. They're playing at eleven o'clock at night. Playing at ten thirty in the morning. They don't get the same experiences as the men's side do. So it's kind of rewarding to see them have their own special weekend and and uh, you know, kind of like kind of like our Division Three team does expose yourself to other people in the country that you don't normally get to see. So it's uh it's pretty neat. But if I were to go with the uh, expansion of this club, it would be, you know, probably some more buildings, uh, maybe um, some sort of jumbotron or some video screen and uh, probably a women's team addition, which women's women's hockey would be great. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I coached three girls last year and two girls coming up next year and, and it, the women's hockey is is growing a little bit quicker than men's hockey um, as a sport as a whole. So, I mean, there's going to be a need for them eventually. And I know Maryville just added a women's team. I'm actually good friends. I played junior hockey with the uh, the coach over there uh, who's got the Maryville women's team. And he brought his entire U19 AAA team over. And um, whenever they get into a regular season, I guarantee they're going to be extremely competitive. So, now it'll it'll be there for sure. So very cool. Yeah, you're right. the The women's game is uh, is the growth uh, factor if you for expansion in the uh, in in the world of hockey right now. So it's uh, that's pretty exciting. And it's pretty cool that uh, I didn't realize the connection there between uh, the the coaches Ellis. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, Lindsay Ellis, uh, um, her dad uh, has been been a great supporter of not only Missouri State hockey but obviously Arizona State hockey. They're originally from I want to say either Glendale or Sedona area and uh, she now lives in um, Scottsdale and, and and Tyler lives here in Springfield and um, <coughs> excuse me and the dad uh, lives down here as well and travels back and forth quite a bit. What a life. Programs and and you know it's a way that he can financially help and say hey I'd like to see my daughter for the weekend too, and 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 check out her accomplishments because I get to see my son all the time. So, 
What a, what a life that must be, huh, Ryan? Get to live in Spring Vegas and Scottsdale. Yeah, I could imagine worse, but you know that's that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. You know, Jeez. I love the Scottsdale area. And you know what else I love about Scottsdale area is they have a Portillo's out there. Isn't that the truth, boy? Hey, now I, you're going to get me going right there oh, off of McClintock. I'm there. I was excited. I was there probably six years ago on the bench with with Coach Booker, and um, you know we we're downtown Scottsdale after a game and looking for a place to eat. I just Googled what's around and. Sure enough, Portillo's popped up there, and I go, Bob, there's a Portillo's, and he goes, oh, bring me back a, bring me back a hot cheese steak, you know, just, just, <laughs> it was something, but no, I, I was, I was very shocked, you know, my, my dad's side of the family is from the Chicago area, and, and that was a huge staple to me, and no, it, it made me excited, so maybe I'll have to sneak on the bus when we go down to play Arizona State in a couple of years. There you go, there you go, I, I, I know someone who can, uh, who can schedule that for you, so we might need to talk about that. Yeah, and unfortunately, that same person, someone got in your ear about us going to Vegas for the first year, and so that'll be fun. <laughs> well, you, you just you just need yeah. to buy twenty nine dog leashes and uh, tie them all together. No, I know the Vegas area very well. My parents are they live out there right now, and and I'm going to be very strategic with where that hotel is going to be. Um, I know everybody's got Lyft and Uber, but yeah. I, I, I got that one all planned out and, and you know, I love, I love that trip. That's going to be fun. It's also uh you know, probably 15 or $20,000 trip for two games. So I like the idea that the WCHL put together when we had the expansion of our league and the 10 teams and the two divisions of uh, crossover games only so many times over so many years. I think that makes a lot of financial sense and it still gives those guys a taste of, Hey, We've never heard of Missouri State, but we're going to play them twice over the next five years. So, uh, it, it, at the minimum for league games. Yep. You know, so yep. I think that's a really neat concept, and I'm I'm glad that you know our league kind of decided that's the way we wanted to go about things, and I think it's really neat. But yeah, no, that'll be a fun trip. Well, look at you. You're already planning. I like it. I like it. See, this is the mind of a general manager, hard at work. He's already got the hotel figured out there for the trip to Vegas. Uh, not this season, but next season. Wow. I love it. Hey, let's, uh, let's, let's end this with a little fact or fiction. Are you down for some fact or fiction? I know Andrew likes to do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You sure? Fiction. All right. All right. It's, it's Oklahoma hockey fact or fiction. I'm probably going to not be knowledgeable on it. So I'll I'll realize Andrew is a pom pom shaker for that one. I guarantee you this will have zero to do with Oklahoma hockey. (laughs) <laughs> this will have this will have uh, this will be ACHA and Missouri State related, focused I'm, solely yeah. on ACHA and Missouri State. Will that work? This is the Missouri State podcast this year, right? Can you believe it? Oh my <laughs> gosh! Holy smokes! I mean, it's Missouri State all the time. Uh, Andrew's, you know, after me to get the cup to Missouri State. And Coach Law is after me to, you know, Coach of the Year, you know, Rookie of the yep. Year, Player of the I'll, Year, Team of the Year. I'll get FedEx pro number so you can get that thing put in the mail <laughs> yeah okay let's uh let's play a little factor fiction here and what we'll do is we'll, we'll use the same well, let's let's do the same thing that we, that we did with andrew recently let's focus on some of the games coming up this week you saw the rankings yesterday robert morris is the number one team in the nation now three and oh uh courtesy of one win over ohio and then ohio's turnaround you know we got to blame ohio for this they've uh 
they lose to the team they're supposed to throttle, and then they beat the team that they're supposed to lose to in, in terms of uh, Lindenwood, and they beat them handily, three to nothing, and then they uh, came close two to one the next night. So thanks, Ohio, you screwed up the rankings for us. Yeah, that's a curveball. That was a curveball. <laughs> that's a curveball. So let's uh, let's play fact or fiction here. Ohio is at Liberty this weekend. And um, so, Ryan Armstrong, fact or fiction, Ohio wins at Liberty. I think that's fact. That's going to be a split. Woo, a split, he says. All right. Andrew went fiction, by the way. So, um, he says Liberty's going to sweep him. Okay, uh, we have out of the B Conference, Midland. Midland's playing a home-and-home home with the Fighting Fairmans of Iowa State. Um, I don't know if it's, I think it's in Ames first and then in, uh, Fremont, Nebraska. So I think you, you probably got the better end of that deal by having to go to Sioux Falls and not Fremont, Nebraska last week. Um, so fact or fiction, fact or fiction, uh, Midland splits with Iowa state this weekend. That's going to be a, a, a big fiction, big fiction. So you're saying Iowa state is going to take them both. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put a hurt on them, I think. All right, now we always have a little side bet whenever we're dealing with Midland. Midland oh, has the player number forty, Luke Sanko, who is the ACHA <laughs> league leader in penalty minutes. I'm already going over. <laughs> you know where we're doing over under ten penalty minutes. Now, Ryan, for the last two weeks, last three weeks, he's been under. You even sure? Against, you... Even against us last weekend. Yeah, he four penalty minutes. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna still go over. Over. All right, here we He's go. Two for one. Two <laughs> for a blow up. Here we go. Factor fiction. McKendry out of the B conference plays Maryville at Maryville Friday and Saturday. Uh, Factor fiction. Ryan Armstrong. McKendry sweeps Maryville. Fiction. Fiction. What do you think? They're a split or a Maryville sweep? I'm thinking that's a Maryville sweep. Ooh, look at that! Wow. Well, that'll make Coach Hogan happy. I know he's wringing his hands right now about that game. So, I mean, I don't care about making him happy. He's a good guy, but I don't want him to, you know, get oh, I, too big. Of- I, I hear you. Yeah, we already got to grease his ears just to get him in the door. So, <laughs> uh, all right, fact or fiction, Ryan Armstrong, Robert Morris University will be the number one team in the rankings this time next week. Ooh, I wonder who else they have they're playing. Tomorrow they play Mercyhurst, and then I think that's their last game of the season. Four games, huh? How about that? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, I will probably say that's going to be fiction, and they're going to move down. I mean, for our sakes, maybe they move to, like, three. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're already scheming. You're, but uh, how, how can we get them to move opposite Missouri State, whether it's them moving to three or you moving to 16, right? So, I mean, in reality, with us playing a Division Two team next weekend and them only having one more game, I mean, we're we're probably going to move from our spot. We took it a little bit on the chin the last two weeks on the rankings, going from uh, 7 to 11. And, you know, a 10 or a, a 9 or a 10 probably would have been appropriate. And then, you know, sweeping Midland, which I understand is is still <clears> – <throat> excuse me – is 18 right now so sweeping them doesn't necessarily hurt us but it it doesn't help us 
Yeah. But apparently the rankings, it did see us uh, dropping down one. So at 14, I, I wouldn't mind playing Robert Morris when they go to three. Okay. All right. So that, so Robert Morris will be number one. Ryan says that's, that's fiction. Now here's, here's the last one. Um, I, a couple of weeks ago, I did uh, an ACHA fight club uh, with, this was the Maryville, uh, Missouri State weekend. I said, you know, Hogan versus Law, who would win? And uh, that generated, it didn't generate a lot of controversy online or anything, but I got a lot of flack for it because both Hogan and Law um, both texted me and were giggling and giving me a hard time for what the hell was I thinking. So, uh, fact or fiction here, ACHA fight club comes back. In this way, it's a four-way match, all right? Four men enter, one man's left standing. Ryan Armstrong, Steve Casson, Jeremy Law, Cliff Cook all enter the cage. Who is the last man standing? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one there. That's a tough one answer. See, now, I mean, don't, don't discount yourself because, as you say, a man of many talents, man of many hats. You've got Steve Casson, the broadcaster, who will probably want to document his beating, um, but, um, then you've got Jeremy law who, you know, wears a lot of tight clothes and, you know, greases up the hair. And so he's kind of slippery and tough to grab a hold of. You'd have to, you know, get him. And then you got cookie who, you know, he's a big burly fella, but right now he's probably full of spirits, you know, since he's coming back from Montana. So he might be a little hungover. So I don't know. You might, I'm thinking Ryan Armstrong might have the advantage over those three. I don't know. I, I, I had a a couple scraps in my playing days and I was about a 50% fighter. So I'm not putting my numbers up there too high. Yeah. Um, All right. So army versus Casson versus law versus cook. It's kind of like the, a, the Missouri state Royal rumble, the Royal rumble. And I'd say an order of likelihood of, of success is probably going to be cookie on one, Jeremy two, me second or three, and then uh, Steve Casson is probably going to be fifth place. Wow. You put yourself at three, huh? I did. All right. All right. Well, that's kind of interesting. I see. I I, I think you're just being modest and humble, but um, that's okay. It's okay. That's the WCHL podcast. It's not, you know, uh, the <laughs> MMA the, analysis or anything. Cliff's, Cliff's a tough guy, and Jeremy's got reach, and... And, you know, as we described the other week, you know, I mean, he'd, he'd easily beat Hogan, so there's no contest there. I mean, we know he's a fighter. Um, <laughs> but, no, Cookie's got a couple pounds on me, so he may be able to use that to his advantage. You know, when I see Jeremy walking across the ice, I see these bow legs, and all I can think of is, like, the figure four leg lock how, and how he would just – he would get you in a vice grip and never, ever let you go. Uh, it's kind of like the, you know, the old iron claw that would grab on your chest in the old pro wrestling days. Um, I see, I see those, uh, those big old bow legs just, you know, tempting somebody. And then the next thing you know, they're just like a mandible claw, just coming and reaching right around you and crushing you. No, there's, there's no muscle. He's, he skipped his fair, fair share of leg days. So <laughs> well, okay. Hey, that, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So cookie law, then army in Casson. Steve's going to be disappointed, but, um, that's all right. He can. I'm sure he's used to his fair share of disappointment, you know, being an LA Kings fan. So get in on a technicality somehow, and he'll end up knocking someone. Up or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fight club scenario 
though. Very interesting Fight Club scenario situation we got. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, how about this? Let's let's do another one. Let's do it. Let's do a side a side ACHA Fight Club, uh, B Conference Fight Club, uh, McKendry versus Maryville, John Hogan versus Gary Henson. Hmm. I mean, no hair pulling, so Hogan can't pull Gary Henson's hair. I might have to go with Gary on this. Really, the old sly, slippery I'm, veteran. You're not doing no, that just to anger John, are you? To say John no, would lose everything? No, I think I think Gary's got the uh, the experience and the the uh, the craftiness, so he's gonna out he's gonna outsmart him. He's not gonna outwork John, but he's gonna outsmart him. I think. You know, Gary has these uh, he has these very velvety, dulcet tones of his voice, and I think he might it's like a little Johnny Mathis Engelbert Humperdinck. I think he might lull somebody to sleep and then he'll just come at you like a ninja and before you know it, you're down. <laughs> I think he's he's clever. I think Gary's clever, so he's one to watch out for. All right, so side bet there, Henson over Hogan. Now See, I'm going to get a bunch of phone calls. From no, no, nobody, nobody listens. Nobody listens to this. Don't worry about it. The only person that listens to this is you. Maybe Andrew doesn't even listen to this. Come on. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually met Andrew in person or not. So I, next time I see him, I'll make the determination if uh, if a GM fight club uh, is something that would happen. No, well, hey, how, how about this? Steve would win. There we go. Steve Steve, if if we did if we did Casson versus Andrew, Casson wins easily. Andrew is all bark, no bite. He's like a chihuahua. Okay. <laughs> I mean he'll just nip at your heels and he'll annoy you the, all night long, but he won't draw blood. He'll just be there and as soon as you turn, he'll scurry away and hide behind somebody bigger. And then he'll you know, Yeah, that's that's Andrew. So don't worry about him. Now that you're bringing up Andrew and it's easier to talk about him behind his back. Of course. Uh, what's up with this? not liking dots pretzels well you know andrew's not necessarily a learned he's not a man of the world type of a thing he's if you listen if you're a close listener to the wchl podcast brian i think you will have found that andrew is very much before the pandemic andrew was already living in his own little bubble and it's his own little very protective shell he doesn't there's not an awful lot that he likes. You've you heard, I asked him if he was going to watch the Grammys. He was like, hey, is tell me, is that the one with the music? I mean, he doesn't, he's, I'm not going to say he's not educated, but, you know, he's focused on ice and Zambonis and, uh, you know, uh, uh, blade depth and, um, you know, propane tanks. And he's not necessarily focused on the finer things in life, like Dot's pretzels. Or maybe taking your Christmas lights down on time, then he, uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean, he's. he's I'm not going to say he's a Neanderthal, um, <laughs> but he's. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of the uh, uh, how many cogs are inside that little machine that are spinning at any one particular time, I'm going to say it's probably put it. I'd put it at single digits. Okay, so the hamster might be going backwards. Yeah, yeah, the hamster's probably running on the outside of the wheel. So, <laughs> well, I like I said, I haven't met Andrew, but uh, uh, excited to meet him someday. That we get up to Oklahoma and play at the beautiful Blazers Ice Center, and <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll bring him a bag of dots with me. He's a uh, he, he's he's I give him a hard time. He's a he's a great guy, and uh, he's not a hockey guy. Don't trust me. Neither am I. Uh, but uh, he's a, he's a great guy, and he's he's a good sport. So he'll. Uh, 
you know, the, the one problem that we have with him when you go to the rink these days is he's got this fantastic, gigantic new office. And so when you do come down with that bag of Dots pretzels, we'll have to prime away from the television because he's probably watching something like uh, Kojak or, um, you know, Heart to Heart or some nice uh, 1970s detective show. Um, maybe, you know, he's watching Chips. He doesn't watch... Uh, uh, he doesn't watch, you know, educational type things. He's he's in there watching, uh, you know, the classics from, uh, um, you know, like, uh, you know, Macmillan and Wife, you know, stuff like that from the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 definitely a Wii TV kind of guy. There you go. Well, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully you two guys uh, will be in St. Louis this year, and maybe maybe we'll run into each other out there. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I might be able to make it on up there. I, I doubt Andrew will because uh, – well, I don't think, I mean, the pandemic is going to keep him away. So, um, yeah. but, uh, but we'll see, but yeah, I like to give Andrew a hard time. He's, he's, he's a good guy and, uh, he gets most of his factor fictions wrong, but I get a sneaky suspicion. Yours might be a little bit more right. Well, we, time will tell. So I know that we've got games, uh, are, are some of those games this coming weekend? All of those games are this coming weekend. All of them. Okay. All right. I didn't know if the, you know, all the university spring breaks and when they, Inter- intertwined with each other when things were happening so yep i will, uh, i'll have to t- tune in and and check out uh check out some of these games and uh yeah i'll be i'll be interested i'll be interested to see what happens yeah that liberty that liberty one i'm i'm, I'm thinking that's a split so well hey you could be right ohio could be you know now that they've tuned up with uh 12 13 losses maybe they're getting ready to uh, they're just now getting finding their groove and getting into second gear I'll say it for Andrew. They'll be number three by the end of the week. <laughs> uh, only in the ACHA, huh? I'm telling <laughs> you what. Only in the ACHA. What a deal. What a deal. Hey, Ryan Armstrong, we thank you very much for being on the WCHL podcast. This has been wonderful. We'll probably have you on a little bit more um, in the uh, in the coming weeks, maybe even in the coming seasons. If you're up to it. If you're not up to it, just uh, give me the finger and tell me no. Uh, but we loved having you on here, loved having you talking, loved your insight about uh, what's going on here for uh, both at the D1 and the D3 level. Because uh, I honestly, I don't, I should pay attention to D3, but I don't. Um, and uh, so it's, I loved having you on here. So appreciate you taking time out of your evening tonight to uh, talk a little ACHA hockey and to bust on Andrew a little bit. Because uh, Lord knows he needs it. And uh, let's... Uh, I hope you don't get blasted for the uh, ACHA Fight Club, but uh, that'd be kind of fun. I think. Yeah, it's all right. I think, I've, well, I think a little cage match up there in Springfield would be some good entertainment. I'm sure I've been called worse by a lot better, so I'll be I'll be just fine. Hey, let me ask this real, real quick before we let you go. You had this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, idea where you played. Um, what was it the Coaches Cup in the fall? So it was basically the the four the three four coaches split up uh the the d3 d1 teams into four teams why wasn't there a why wasn't there a team armstrong <laughs> well i was uh as you know uh i wear a couple different hats and i grabbed a local springfield uh, acha certified official and him and i were the officials for the entire tournament <laughs> Very consistent officiating across the board because you knew that you knew that the two guys out there were the ones doing every single game, and uh, no, that was a really fun time. And and I don't know, maybe maybe if uh, if one of the, I kind of like keeping it the coaches cup because it gives the uh, players from either team, division one or division three prospects, it gives them a chance to 
get familiar with a coach that maybe they've never had a, a lot of interaction with. Maybe they've played on the Division One team, and this is their second year, and they've never really had an in-depth conversation or a coaching style from from a Division Three head or assistant coach. Well, now they get to experience that, and they experience, you know, ruling and and tutelage from another perspective. So it's it was kind of a cool thing. I think I like the coaches' cup, but. You know, I'm sure if there's a team army, there's got to be a team, team Kurt or a team Melton or a team Casson. So maybe that's what we'll do for next year. But I, I think that that worked really well for us this year. And a couple of schools I know did that. But, yeah, maybe 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 next year. It makes perfect sense, though, that you're out there uh, being the official for, for all the games. So that, that makes perfect sense. You and Marzola, huh? Yeah, yeah. Marzola and I were both out there doing our thing and, and helping – tune up uh tune up our guys for the hopeful start of the season and and uh no everything was fun and everything was great and and uh, you know steve broadcasted it and we had interviews and you know we we wanted to run it like our normal games um so that you know we've got a good client uh fan base down here in springfield i almost said client base i'm thinking of work Uh-oh. Uh, We've got a, yeah, yeah, it's always something. We've got a good fan base down here in Springfield. That's one of the attractions to come down here is we've got some of the best fans in all of the ACHA and our arena holds, you know, a little over 11, 1200. And we packed that every single game. I yep. mean, I think every single game with the exception of one last year was sold out. And obviously this year with uh, reduced capacity, um, we've sold out every game and we'll continue to keep selling out. And our, our fans are passionate. We, uh, we've got a lot of Missouri state bear wear that, that fans wear a lot of hockey jerseys and a lot of hockey stuff. Um, we've got some passionate fans and we wanted to make sure that they knew that we didn't forget about them. We were just trying to do everything as safely as we could, because we had a lot of people ask if they could come and watch the preseason tournament that we held. And we, we occasionally have, you know, 20, 30 people to come out to the practices because they love supporting us and they love watching these guys on the ice. And I think it's one of the reasons that Missouri state is, is um, a recognized organization in the ACHA and, and a, and a, and a destination for players to go. So, um, you know, that's, that's my, my kudos to the fans around Springfield that have helped, helped us and, and uh, kept us going. So. That's pretty, that, that right there, folks, that's Ryan Armstrong, the general manager of Missouri State. Listen, he turns a question about him around to focus on the fans and to focus on the bearware. That is a general manager hard at work, already in action. You're always on your game, Ryan Armstrong. Gotta I'm impressed. Always on my toes. Always on your toes. Hey, thanks for joining us today on the WCHL podcast. I'm so sorry that Andrew couldn't be here, but uh, that's his loss. And uh, it's good for us to bust on him in his absence. And, uh, hey, best of luck uh, going up to St. Louis. And I hope you get to go. If you St. Louis or Grand Rapids, where are you going, one or the other? I'll probably go to St. Louis. I've got family there. It's an easier drive. Um, I am excited the ACHA put out their their policies and, and procedures for players and staff and coaches as well as for spectators. So I'm going to get on that train and, and start working those angles and start getting everything squared away there. Um, and, uh, I'll probably, you know, see where I can help out on, on the division one team, but I'm really excited. I'll, I'll be in St. Louis. Very, very nice. Very nice. All right. Hey, that's, uh, that is, uh, general manager, Ryan Armstrong from the Missouri state ice bears, man of many talents. Um, very humble 
and uh, I'm sure he'd do a lot better in the ACHA Fight Club than he's letting on. But, uh, Ryan, we appreciate you taking time out of your night to uh, hop on the podcast with me. Listener number 12 himself, Ryan Armstrong. Thanks so much for being on, Ryan. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll be listening. I'll be listening uh, to the next ones coming up. Oh, Give boy. Me a shout any- here, here, here we go. Hold on. I'm going to play some outro music. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.